The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Support for this podcast comes from Planned Parenthood. It's hard to imagine a world where we leave future generations with fewer rights and freedoms. Since the Supreme Court's decision to overturn Roe v. Wade, politicians in nearly every state have introduced bills aimed at blocking people from getting the essential sexual and reproductive care they need, including abortion. Planned Parenthood believes everyone deserves access to care. And with supporters like you, they can reclaim our rights and protect and expand access to abortion care. Visit PlannedParenthood.org future to learn more and support their cause. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Thursday, June 15th, 2023. I had to take a look at the calendar. But it is indeed a heck of a morning. We are live on the MMA Fighting Twitter space. You can hear the show in its entirety shortly thereafter on the MMA Fighting Podcasting Network. Hi, everyone. I am Mike Heck. Thank you for joining us on another edition of the program. There's obviously a lot going on this weekend with three big cards. Well, two... One really big card, one medium-sized card, and one less-than-medium-sized card. We have Bellator 297 tomorrow. That's the big card. UFC Vegas 75 is the medium-sized card, but it's actually pretty good. Like, if you look at that lineup, it's a pretty good lineup. I'm into it. There's a lot to like there. Compared to most of the Apex offerings, I'm a fan of it. We got Marvin Vittori versus Jared Cannonier. A very middleweighty main event, but I think it's a good main event. I think it's a it's a good main event. We have two ranked guys. They're fighting for position. They're fighting to kind of keep their spot. Doesn't appear like either of them will be getting a title shot with a win, but the positive of all of this is that we're not knocking off any contenders. We're not just chucking somebody in there with a vet to knock them out of title contention. It's just two highly ranked guys fighting. And I like that a lot. I'm a fan of that. And plus the rest of the card is, is really solid. We went and looked at it. Jose Young's and I yesterday. By the way, there's going to be a preview show for 
the Bellator card, the UFC card, and the PFL card dropping on YouTube, on the podcast network at 3 p.m. Eastern time. So stay tuned for that. But this UFC card's pretty solid. We got Armin Sarukian on there. Not the kind of fight we want to see from him. He's fighting Joaquin Silva and good for Joaquin for stepping up to the challenge. We got CLD, Christian Leroy Duncan, Armin Petrosian, Pat Sabatini, Lucas Almeida is a friggin' banger. I love the Nicholas Mota, Manuel Torres fight. I love the Muslim Salikov, Nicholas Dalby fight. Hione Barcelos, Miles John's good. Good fight. Jimmy Flick trying to get back on track. I believe this is the last fight on his contract. So there's a lot on the line for him now that he's out of retirement. There's just a lot to like about this card. Ronnie Lawrence, Daniel Arguet is fun. Modestus Bokaskis is back. Zalgas Zumagulov and that incredible head of hair. He's back at it. This is a pretty good card. This is a pretty good card. The Bellator card is the most interesting of the weekend, in my opinion. And then we have the PFL on Friday as well. Anti Delijah versus Maurice Green, the main event. And with Maurice Green on the card, one would suspect that one John Jones might make the trip to Atlanta to support his teammate. We got Larissa Pacheco back. She's fighting Amber Liebrock in the co-main event. We got Biagio Ali Walsh. Another Amy fight. PFL really pushing him. Aspen Ladd in a must-win situation. Not a bad card. The weaker of the three, if we're being honest, but it's still not a bad card. So there's a lot going on in the world of mixed martial arts, and we're here to talk all about that. So if you guys got thoughts, comments, questions, bring them on. See a couple people waiting. It looks like Crystal is, is in. This will be a first time. I don't know if it's for real or if it's a mistake, but Crystal, hello. You're muted right now. No, I think it was a mistake. Well, if it's not, come back, please. Love to hear from you. Four Corner Sports, hello. Hey, uh, heck of a morning, Mike. So, I, What's you, up? You mentioned Jimmy Slick answering the last fight of his deal. Now, if, I guess if you were like – um, cornering him or coaching him, would you advise him to seriously consider going to Bellator? Um, just because now that Bellator ended up opening up, have um, what's it called, bigger and better opportunities as to maybe potentially reaching a, a title, a title shot over there. Just because um, after his loss to Charles Johnson, I had high hopes on him. Um, before retirement and then losing to Charles Johnson, I just thought that it eliminated a lot of momentum. My, my, um, yeah, it instantly ran through my mind. So the Armin Suzuki fight, um, it sucks that nobody wants to fight the man. Um, I kind of heard his media days from and how he mentioned, I think it was Grant Dawson that didn't want to fight him. Dan Hooker was one of the names. And are we going to come to a point where he's getting, like, the Islam treatment where he's going to be having to take, like, these unranked and he fought Drew Dober and stuff like that? Is he going to be taking that same avenue for what it seems like? Just because he fought Gamera, he fought, um, Is, uh, what's it called, uh, Isma Gulov, and those were all very challenging fights, and they're the ones that actually stepped up. But it doesn't seem like you no know, Poirier no Darius or no no Gaethje has any interest on putting their name in, you know, in the Armist Rookie and Sweep yeah, sweepstakes. And um I'm actually intrigued that this card is coming up. 
I know you're not a fan. That is at ten o'clock, but prediction. Um, what time do you think this, this card's gonna be officially over? I'm predicting maybe around one fifteen a.m. But that's all I gotta say. Thanks, Mike. Yeah, it's 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 gonna be a late one. Six fights plus we get Vittori Cannoneer. You know that's going five rounds. But I guess it's, there is the chance that a lot of these other main card fights could finish quick. Because we got a lot of finishers on this card. We got a lot of exciting guys, a lot of get or get got guys on this card. So maybe it ends 12.30, 12.45. But I'm thinking probably right around where you're thinking, 1, one fifteen, And it's just a matter of like when the salikov Dobby fight kicks off. Because there's six fights on the main card. So it'll be a late one. But... I like to be positive as, as much as I can. And the good news is we get an ABC card next Saturday. So while we have a late one this weekend, and we had a late one last weekend, we get a super early one next weekend. I think it's a 3 p.m. main card in Jacksonville. So sign me the hell up for that. I'm good. I'm good there. And then it's... On to July 1st in the Sean Strickland Abus Magomedov main event, and then it's on to International Fight Week. So, but this card, like, honestly, if you're going to give me a 10 p.m. main card and a six fight main card, you could do a lot worse than this. I do like this card quite a bit. The, the Sarukian thing's interesting. It's just like, it's just tough, man. Like, everyone knows how good this guy is. I often wonder what his career trajectory would be right now had he gotten that decision against Matush Gamron. And I've talked about this fight a million times on the show. It was my favorite fight of 2022. I've watched it a million times. Every time I've watched it, I've scored it for Sarukian, but it's not like a robbery or anything like that. It was just a super high-level fight that was really, really close. and But I thought Sarukian won that fight. Then Sarukian would have got the Dariush fight, and who knows? I, that would be really interesting if he beat Dariush. Like, he might be fighting for a belt right now. It's crazy to think about. But he gets the wrong side of a splitty, and now he's, he, he fought Demir Ismagulov, which is a tough matchup, and now he's taking an even bigger step back against Joaquin Silva, and Joaquin Silva's a fine fighter. He's a He's fun, but he gets cracked a lot. So it could be kind of like a showcase for Srukian, which I'm expecting this to be. But I think a good thing that happened this past weekend is that Benil Dariush got finished by Charles Oliveira. And I think Benny's out there as an, op- as an option for Srukian. I think if Srukian wins this fight, go to Abu Dhabi. If Benny's getting that itch, and I think as the, the competitor that he is, he will have that itch to get back in there as soon as possible. It was a quick fight. So, yeah, short term, he's going to be sort of healing his wounds for a little while, but get him back in Abu Dhabi where he beat Matush Gamrat. Let's see if he can beat another guy. And if he beats Sarukian, he's still got a long road ahead of him, but that's that's a good step to, to stay in the UFC's good graces taking that fight. So, I think Benny's right there for him. I think that's an option. I think Fazeev could be an interesting option. I know they're both managed by the same side. 
but it seems like Fazeev and Gamrot might be circling each other. So, and the Grant Dawson, like, we don't know. Like, fighters come up to the microphone, they say things, and we don't know what's real and what isn't. Like, I'll take Saruki at his word, but we haven't heard from the other side. Maybe Dawson, maybe the timing didn't work out for Dawson or something. He needed a couple extra weeks. Who knows? There, the, he threw out some other names as well. Maybe it just didn't work out for the opponents. Timing is everything in a lot of respects. So, But he gets Joaquin Silva, and we'll see what he can do. The Jimmy Flick one is really interesting. I don't know. I mean, Bell, if he loses, Bellator is certainly an option. But if he wins, he'll be 2-1 and one in the UFC. The Cody Durden win has actually aged pretty well. Flying Triangle, that was a sick fight. Great performance. Everybody was high on him. The UFC was going to give him Figgy Smalls or Francisco Figueredo, not Davison, but Francisco. Fight didn't end up happening because Jimmy retired. Then they offered him Jeff Molina. Then they get him Charles Johnson. I think the Molina fight would have been a lot more interesting because Johnson is just, Johnson actually came out and looked really good in that fight. But at the same time, Flick hadn't fought in two and a half years. So maybe he's knocking rust off. I think this fight will tell us a lot about Jimmy Flick and, and where his future is. But you have to think if he goes out there and, and delivers a good performance, the UFC really likes him. He's got a great personality. He's got a really interesting story. I think the UFC will keep him around, and I think he would want to stay around. But it's a big fight for him. If he wants to stay in the UFC, he has to win. Or at least put on a really fun fight. But I think he has to win this one. But we'll see how we'll see what happens. Like I said, this is a good car with some interesting storylines. Barbarusa, hello. Good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Um, I just want to point out uh, the thing that's been saying for the last couple of days about Charles, and it should be in Brazil. I know he did uh, his thing and he fought uh, Islam in uh, Abu Dhabi. But I think the last uh, fight in Brazil didn't do uh, quite a good case for Brazil to to make a fight there. And they threw things at Mourinho, who's the nicest guy. And uh, Emirates is not quite uh, the homeland for Mahachev because it's like 80% uh, foreigners. And we saw Conor McGregor treated like a king right there, and it's not like uh, this big of a disadvantage. This is the first point. The second point is the dilemma of the um, lightweight division. As we see, Islam fought for the Titan. A lot of people saw him as not deserving, and then he defended it against another uh, division. But still, we don't have a number one, clear number one contender for the title. And the big problem is that you have three guys at the top five who fight each other. And we might have a bigger problem in the future because we can see Max Holloway uh, going up in the division and he was going to fight one of them. And if he wins, then you have four on now Oliveira and he deserves it. Who five people who are not going to fight backward in the ladder. Well, it's everybody saying that this is the 
division with the most potential, but we don't see any guy, like you said uh, previously about uh, Arman, he should be fi uh, fighting for the title. But still, uh, we see a lot of potential, but I, I see it a, a very long shot for new guys to fight for the title. Thank you, Mike. Yeah, so Oliver, of course, as he should, he should say, yeah, I'm fighting Islam. This fight needs to happen in Brazil. That's what you should say. It's not going to happen. If he wants to fight for the belt, he has to go back to Abu Dhabi and do it. That Abu Dhabi card is the Islam Makachev card. They're building it for him. He's the headliner. He's the dude. That's, that's where it's going to happen. If he's going to fight for the belt, if he wants that title shot, he's got to do it in Abu Dhabi. He's not going to have any other option. That's just the way that it is. And mostly for the reason that you brought up. This division, like, look, a lot of people like to say Bantamweight is the best division in the sport. I've seen some people in the space actually tweet out, it is not even a discussion that Bantamweight is the best division in the sport. And that is just wrong. If we're talking potential, Bantamweight has probably the most potential. I'll say that. There's just so many guys. A lightweight is the Cadillac division. It's the, it's the marquee division for the UFC right now. The bigger names, the bigger fights, everything's at 155 right now. I know John Jones is a heavyweight, and he does big numbers for the UFC. I know his fight with Cyril Gaon did great numbers. But all the bigger names, the biggest stars, they're at 155. They're at 55, 100%. It's not 35. It's 55. 55 is the marquee division for the UFC. I always say that the Bantamweight division, like lightweight is like the Hulk Hogan's, the Ultimate Warriors, etc. Bantamweight is the Intercontinental division. The Mr. Perfects, the Bret Hart's, the Working Man's division. That's what 135 is. And that's a great place to be. You're probably going to get, you, you can't really go wrong most times at 135. So I call it the Intercontinental Division. And 155 is the star division. That's where all the biggest fights come from. Those fights are always going to headline no matter what. Bantamweight is never going to headline over lightweight. There's just not enough star power there. Maybe if Sean O'Malley wins the belts, that could change things. But I don't know if it does. I don't know if it does. We have to see if he beats Aljo and then whatever his next title defense is, we have to see how that does on pay-per-view, and then maybe there's an argument. But there is no argument right now. 155 is the division. And the big problem is, because you have those names and that star power, and this is a business, and you want to make as much money as possible, getting to a lightweight title shot might be the toughest thing in the sport right now. Getting to a UFC lightweight title fight might be the toughest thing to do in all of MMA right now, in the UFC. It's a long road. Benil Dariush had to win eight, nine fights just to get to a number to, to a fight where if he won, then he would get the title fight. Loses to Charles Oliveira, and now, in my opinion, unless something insane happens, he's never getting a title shot. He is not getting a title shot. Unless he wins like six more in a row and the division just plays out in, in a way that favors him, he's never fighting for the belt. And that stinks. But that also just tells you how difficult it is to get there at 155. You don't get a ton of opportunities to climb the ranks. And if you do, you got to make them count. Matush Gamrock got that chance, came up a little short in a fun fight. 
It's going to be a long road for him to get there. Fazeev has a chance. Fazeev, but he got he got his opportunity. He lost to Justin Gaethje. No shame in that loss. And I think his stock rose a little bit in that fight. A lot of people actually thought he won that fight, but he didn't. So now it's going to be a longer road for him to get back to a title shot. And you look at Sarukian, look at, look at his road. He's got to fight all the way back to Joaquin Silva. Maybe he gets the Darius fight. Maybe he doesn't. But it's going to be a long time until he gets, gets that opportunity that Benil Darius just got. So it's a tough – getting a, a lightweight title shot in the UFC, especially if you're not one of the established names, is so difficult to do. You have to make it count. Tony Ferguson never got a undisputed lightweight title shot. After all the wins and all the things he did in his career, he never got his chance to fight for the undisputed title. A lot of it had to do with bad luck, but he never got the chance to step into the octagon for the undisputed title. And when he had the chance, he fought for the interim title against Kevin Lee. He won. Couldn't get the Habib fight going. They gave him another interim title shot against Justin Gaethje, and he lost. And now look at what his career has been. It's just so difficult to get there. So to me, it's the Cadillac division. It is not Bantamweight. Bantamweight's still very good. It's probably number two. Featherweight's on its heels, in my opinion. Featherweight does not get enough credit for being a great division. But lightweight, getting to a lightweight title fight in the UFC is so hard. It's so tough. CV, hello. Oh, Mike. So is men's featherweight like the Honda division then? Like it's the reliable? <laughs> it's like the Toyota it's like the Toyota Camry division. Okay. Like it looks good. It's got a, it's got enough power. It's got uh, some nice features. And it's gonna get you where you need to go every single time. Yeah. So yes, that's featherweight is the Toyota Camry of of MMA of UFC division. Agreed, right agreed. Um, yeah, I just wanna make this quick, man. Um, early thoughts on the Ian Gary and Jeff Neal matchup. Um, if I remember correctly, does, does, does AK get an opt no point for that? But um, yeah, that, that's a that's a really good matchup. Um, like, if Ian Gary takes out Jeff Neal in the first round, does he is he like one fight away from the title shot? And uh, I just want to say, uh, two ninety two is looking like a really solid card, and like hopefully there's no injuries from here on there. But yeah, sits for me. Uh, Thanks, Emma. Great day. Fight. I thought that fight made a ton of sense. Name value-wise, but Kevin's booked, and it's all good. But if they weren't going to do Kevin Holland, this was the second best bet. This was the second best option on the table. And I, and I think AK does get a not-no point for that. I think a lot of other people do as well. But if it's not Holland, Jeff Neal is the fight. That is a, a fun fight. Neil, it wasn't Neil. It wasn't Magny. Magny was already booked. He's fighting Phil Rowe. There's no guarantee he wins that fight. And if he loses, then the callout just makes no sense at all. But I love the Jeff Neal fight. Great fight. Where it takes him with a win, I'm not really sure. I don't think they're going to rush him too fast. So, I don't know. Maybe they, they do a Wonder Boy fight. If he beats Michelle Pajada, or maybe they should the winner of that fight, regardless. That would make sense. But I love this matchup. Great addition to the Boston car, which is coming along very nicely. We just found out that Natty Ice, Natalia Silva's fighting Andrea Lee on that card as well. It's shaping up to be a good one. It's shaping up to be a good one. 
and I love that fight. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And new customers to DraftKings can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Support for this podcast comes from Planned Parenthood. Your body is your own. That's why Planned Parenthood is committed to ensuring that everyone has the information and resources they need to make their own decisions about their bodies, including abortion care. Today, lawmakers who oppose abortion are challenging Planned Parenthood. Affordable, high-quality, basic health care for more than 2 million people is at stake. Planned Parenthood believes that healthcare is a basic human right. That's why they fight every day to push for common sense policies that protect our right to control our own bodies. They also work tirelessly to oppose the onslaught of new policies aimed at interfering with personal decisions best left to patients and their doctors. They won't give up and they won't back down. You can join Planned Parenthood in the fight to help make sure that the next generation can decide their own futures. The organization needs your support now more than ever. With supporters like you, they can reclaim our rights and protect and expand access to abortion care. Visit PlannedParenthood.org future to learn more and support their cause. Let's go to Kuthira. Hopefully I pronounced that name correctly. Kuthira, are you there? You're muted right now. Kuthira, are you there? All right, we will move on. Let's go to let's go to Tabi. Tabi, are you there? Unmute yourself, and we got you. Tabi, uh, can you hear me now? Yeah, I got you. How are right, you? I'm good. How are you? Um, Great. I'm not sure if you talked about this, but uh, did you t- already talk about the main event for the UFC? For Saturday? No. Yeah, so what are they fighting for? I mean, other than getting paid, but uh, realistically, we don't see them fighting for the title as long as Adesanya is the champion. And they also were beaten by Rob, so even if Rob becomes a champion, I don't see them rematching him. Are they fighting for maybe the winner would get, like, Kamzad in Abu Dhabi or something? Like, it's like I, I don't know what's the point of this fight. Ah, so that that's actually an interesting idea. That is an interesting idea. Maybe it's possible, but to me, this is just one of those fights where you're just fighting for to maintain position. But I like the fact that they're putting a fight like this together because you could throw like 
like the DDP Whitaker fight drives people crazy because DDP, like he's going to more than likely he's going to lose to Robert Whitaker. And then what do you do? And then this Izzy fight, this rivalry they built just kind of goes away. So to me, I would just give him DDP the title shot. Like let him get in there and fight for the belts. Let's just see what happens. He's probably going to get highlight reeled. But still, that's that that's a star making. I mean, Izzy's already a star, but that's just to make Izzy look like an even bigger star. And then we could just have these other matchups that make more sense. But now we at least we're not sacrificing a contender in a fight like this. And I kind of wish the UFC would just put together more fights like this. Like I like stakes. I like stakes a lot. But sometimes you just gotta throw high ranked guys in there to fight each other. Where we're not eliminating any contenders or anything like that. So I'm fine with it. This has the makings of a very middleweighty five-round fight. But Vittori is just tough as hell. Cannoneer's a good fighter. And the betting odds suggest this is going to be a really close fight. I'm leaning Vittori. This kind of screams Vittori 48-47 to me. But I actually think this could be, this could be a lot of fun. I don't think it's going to be Vittori Costa-esque. But I also don't think it's going to be like a Christoph Jocko type of middleweight fight either. I think we're going to see these dudes chuck him a little bit. And Cannonier hits like a truck, and Vittori doesn't get knocked down or hurt at all. He is a freak of nature. You could throw a ATM machine at Marm Vittori, full bore, and he ain't going down. So I actually think this is going to be a pretty fun fight. So we'll see how it all plays out. But yeah, they're just fighting to kind of maintain position. But mm, the Hamzat idea that's fun that is fun look at this ben davis holy smokes (laughs) mike i completely agree with your analysis on this main event by the way i mean babe ruth couldn't crack that chin of uh, marvin vittori but i want to i want to get your thoughts on my uh one of my favorite fighters on the card jogas juma gulov getting the comeback going and that hairdo i gotta get your comment mike so there's, there's certain points for fighters where they can turn things around, like, real quick. And I think, I think Zalmas has – he's got a little buzz to him right now because of the hairdo. And even though he didn't get to fight on – which card was that? Wasn't that, wasn't that long ago? Was it two, 288? 288. Even though he didn't fight – he got over big because of the hairdo. Now he's fighting Felipe Bunez, who he's won two in a row. He's a Pitbull Brothers guy. His record is not all that impressive, if we're being honest. He's what, four, three and four in his last seven? He's coming off a nice finish in his last fight, but Zuma Gulov needs a win and needs one badly. This guy has been snake bitten on the splitty, on, on the trips to Splitty City. Goes to Splitty City, you want to have a nice vacation. You want to have a good time. You want to come back with good memories. And Zalgas's trips to Splitty City have just not been good. Flights were delayed. Rental car had a flat tire. All sorts of bad juju. The Jeff Molina fight was real close. The Charles Johnson fight was real close. You can make cases that Zalgas won both of those fights. But this is a pretty good matchup for him. If he's going to get back on track, if he goes out there and gets a finish... We're going to be talking about this guy. He's going to be one of the top three storylines coming out of this card because people are getting into him because of the hairdo. 
You gotta if you got a gimmick, go with it. Go bananas. And if you can get a gimmick over and then have a nice performance in the cage, you got something. You're cooking with a little gas. So, yeah. Let's see if he can get back on track. This is a, a good matchup for him. And if he wins and does so impressively, goes out there and gets a quick finish, we're going to be talking about him a bunch throughout the next several days. Let's get old Pat in here as opposed to young Pat. Hi, old Pat. What's up, man? Brylia. Oh, cool. Yeah. What's on your mind? Uh, oh, I, I don't know. Uh, you were talking about talking up Jeff Neal before. I just don't rate him. You you what? I don't rate him. Jeff Neal. You don't. I, you're not I, a. F- I'm not a fan. Why? I just don't think he gets it done. Like when it matters. I mean, look, he. Uh, I, I appreciate that. Look, Jeff gave Shafkar Rahmanov some hell. He gave, and I came on this show many times, and I'm not alone on this. Who felt that Jeff Neal could be competitive with Shafkar Rahmanov, that he could give Shafkar some problems, that Shafkar wasn't just going to steamroll him in the first round, and he didn't. Jeff cracked him. Jeff had a good accounting of himself. Is Jeff going to be a world champion? Probably not. But is he a very, is he a solid welterweight? Yeah. Go back and watch his fight with Bilal Muhammad. How well did that win age? He beat the hell out of Bilal Muhammad. That was a one-sided, almost, I'm not going to call it a master class, but it was pretty damn close. Jeff can fight, man. He's gone through a lot. He's gone through a lot of health issues. He's gone through a lot of stuff. And it seems like he's getting it together. That Shafkov fight was great. It's a great fight. And this is a really good test for Ian Machado Gary. I love this fight. And we'll see what happens. If, if, if Ian can't win, it's no shame in losing to Jeff Neal. There's no shame in that whatsoever. But if he beats Jeff Neal, that's a big win. That's a good step up. It's a great leap forward if you could beat a guy like Jeff Neal. Let's go to Yusuf. Let's see if we can get him. Yusuf, hello. Just with regards to uh, what's going to happen with Islam Makhachev in his next fight in Abu Dhabi, uh, obviously a great performance by uh, Charles this weekend. Uh, and, uh, and Dana has hinted, obviously, at uh, the rematch between the two. Uh, but I'm not, you know, convinced that uh, that's the fight to make. Given that uh, you know there's bulk waiting in the wings, the fight coming up against Yair, obviously uh, Leon waiting in the wings. You know, not sure what's happening there. Why? You know, there's no announcement uh, for Leon. Uh, so you know, what do you see happening in October in Abu Dhabi? Do you see the Charles rematch, or do you see it uh, potentially being a Leon versus? Uh, Islam matchup, they've, they've, they've called for it. It might be too early for Islam to go up, but uh, uh, it's just uh, maybe even the, the BMF belt, like, you know, the winner of the BMF belt. Uh, I know it'll be a short turnaround for whoever wins that one, uh, but uh, what's what's what do you think uh, is going to happen in October? Thanks. Thanks, man. So 
Charles Oliveira is in the driver's seat right now. I am not ready to guarantee anything in the UFC, but he's in the driver's seat. If Charles Oliveira is good to go and he can turn around and fight in October, he's getting the shot. Unless the only thing that there's two things that could that could mess this up. One, one of the things you mentioned, if Volkanovsky just runs Yair Rodriguez, which I don't think he's going to do. I think he's going to win, but I think Yair's going to get his shots in. It's going to be one of those who won the battle, who won the war type of fights. Of all the fights on the, on the schedule right now, yes, Poirier Gaethje is a great fight. Love it. It's going to be a barn burner. It's super fun. That card is great. But as like a mixed martial arts fan, as someone who wants to break down like high-level MMA, Volkanovski versus Yair is about as interesting as you can get. Can't wait for that fight. But let's just say, hypothetically, Volkanovski just runs Yair, finishes him in the first round, lands a big shot, drops him, and taps him or something. And Volk gets on the mic and cuts a scathing promo saying, Islam, let's go. Maybe Islam's in the crowd. Maybe he tries to jump the rail or something. That, that could knock Oliveira out of the driver's seat. But again, I don't think that's going to happen because I, I think these two are going to beat the hell out of each other for 25 minutes. I think Volk will win, but I, don't think, I think it's going to be a hard fight and a tough one to bounce back from that fast. But Volk is another guy that could take him out of the driver's seat. The other one, to me, and this is a little out of left field, we have... I, I have very little confidence in a lot. Um when it comes to Conor McGregor, because we have no idea what the hell is going to happen. And I'm not saying Conor's the guy. I'm not saying that. But let's just say Conor continues to play this game of, am I going to fight? Am I not going to fight? If Charles is hesitant at all, and Conor is a mystery, and he's like missing an action and won't get back to the UFC, there is a real world where the UFC gives good old Mikey Chandler a call to step in and fight for the belt. It could happen. He's, he's, the fa- he's on the ultimate fighter. They're pushing him to the moon. They're getting him out there on television. They love Michael Chandler. And Michael Chandler has been the ultimate company guy. This would be a, kind of a travesty, if we're being honest. But it is a possibility. But all is in the driver's seat. If Oliveira could fight in October, he's getting the shot. Volk could knock him out of there if he runs Yair, which I don't think is going to happen. And then if something happens with the Connor Chandler fight and Oliveira is like, eh, October's too soon, they're going to give Chandler a ringy ding ding. The Leon Edwards idea, I just, no. Please, for the love of God, do not do that. Oliveira, like, Islam's got to fight somebody at 55. He's got to fight a lightweight. I know he's already beat. Oliveira, but he's got to defend the title against somebody in his division. Please. And then the winner of that probably gets the winner of Justin and Dustin. Let's just run off some defenses in your own division. Like, I don't even want to see Volk fight for the lightweight title anytime soon. End of next year, both guys win all their fights, all their title defenses. Run it back. November, December of 2024. Run it back. Each guy wins two, three fights. Boom. Do it again. 
But going back to the well now, after we just saw this fight in February, I don't think we need to see it again. Let's build this thing up a little bit. But Oliver's in the driver's seat. My guess is he gets the fight. Patty, hello. How we doing? Uh, good, how are you? Good. So it was pretty cool hearing Max Holloway yesterday on Ariel, um, especially when he was kind of talking about what he could do at 155. I'm wondering who you think is the stylistically the best matchup for Max Holloway at 155 and the worst stylistically. I don't really think there's like a really bad stylistic matchup anywhere for Max Holloway, except for maybe Volk because they've just spent so much time in the cage together. I think Volk beats him every single time. I think the fight looks exactly the way that it did last year. If they fought seven more times, but I don't think there's really maybe Islam, but Max is a really good takedown defense. I don't know. The fight I've been like long time on to the next one. Listeners have heard me say for the last couple of years that the dream fight for me is Max Holloway versus Justin Gaethje. That's the fight I want to see at some point before these guys ride off into the sunset. I have to see these two guys fight each other. That's the one I've been clamoring for. So if Dustin Poirier, and, and if he fights Dustin again, I'd be cool with that. If he fought Connor again, I'd be cool with that. Like, there's so many fun fights at 55. And Holloway doesn't need to fight for titles. He doesn't even need a belt. Now, if you want to do – I've been one of the kind of the negative Nancys when it comes to the BMF title because I just think it's dumb the way they did it the first time. One-time thing and then it's dead. No. If this is going to be a thing and we're going to, like – make this a gimmick title and actually defend the title max versus the winner of that fight would be sick. Would be sick. That'd be awesome. I know the winner of that fight's probably going to fight the winner of Islam and Charles or whoever Islam fights. But at some point you do max versus the, whoever the BMF champ is, put the belts on the line, make it a thing. If you're going to do the thing, do it right. But Max versus Gaethje is the fight I've always wanted to see. And I hope we get it sometime. And hopefully Max goes up sooner rather than later because that's, that's what I want to see. But him and Zombie seems to be a thing, and I kind of think that's the fight we're going to get. And then maybe move up to 55. Viking, hello. Hi, good, how are you? Uh, uh, about about his last fight against Islam, so Khabib made statements about him in Eagle FC and Ali as well. And Charles was on fire after that. You know? They got him, they got him with the trash talk. Then Islam's takedown, because you know Charles was saying that I'm gonna give him my leg when the fight starts and he can't take me down. So that made him frustrated. And after that, the knockout. So right now he learned his lessons. So what kind of Charles Oliveira are you expecting if they fight? And the Abu Dhabi, Abu Dhabi crowd as well. So basically he was bullied and they got him. They just was they were on in his mind. So, what kind of Charles Oliveira are you expecting if they fight again? And the Arman Sarukian thing, 
actually i am and i'm with him with the statements was made by him that he just beat uh, the mir is mogulov and he should have been in the top top 5 after that win but he stayed uh, he stayed at number 9 i guess the arman sarukian so if he wins this fight so do you think they'll move up uh, arman sarukian thanks a lot and what about the future of arman sarukian in the top 5 thanks man um will he move up maybe slightly maybe they bump him a spot just kind of depends on the performance i guess i mean if he just goes out there and i think he's going to knock out Joaquin silva i don't know if it's going to be the first round or maybe in round 2 i think he's going to end up knocking out Joaquin silva i think he could beat Joaquin pretty much anywhere if it's a jiu jitsu fight nato bjj probably has a slight advantage but overall grappling i would probably favor amran sarukian where do i have sarukian ranked in my rankings i am at 7 i am at 7 i have him just behind uh usman or magomedov who i have in number 6 it's makachev olivera poirier dariush gechi usman nurmagomedov sarukian fazeev chandler gamrot dawson turner uh frivola moicano and then someone else is going to take the last spot cuz i had i had um Oh no, OAM still there. What am I talking about? I'm getting confused with Brennan Lockman. So yeah, I have OAM at 13, Frivola at 14, Moicano at 15. So I probably I won't move Sarukian up in my rankings. He won't go above Usman or Magomedov. Could he go up a spot in the UFC's rankings? Sure. But again, he's he's going to have a tough road cuz who's the risk reward is just not there to fight him. But I do feel like the Dariush fight is a possibility. He goes out there and just ru- just wrecks that BJJ on Saturday which I predict he will and then just calls out Benny and cuts a good promo on him. I think that's a fight he can get. So I would like to see that. Do I see the Oliveira Makachev fight going any differently? Not particularly. That matchup on paper is just an awful matchup for Oliveira. And I said it heading into the first fight. Like I ended up picking Oliveira, but it was mostly just like uh I pick against this guy all the time and I'm not going to pick against him anymore until somebody actually beats him. But every as I said a, a million times, everything on paper told me that that fight was going to go almost exactly the way that it did. Did I think that Makachev was going to set up the finish with uh by dropping Oliveira? No. I didn't expect that to happen. But I just don't know how much better this goes for Oliveira. I will say this, I'm sure he took a lot away from that fight and seeing how he fought against Benil Dariush, you saw improvements from him. He was a lot more aggressive off of his back. He was making Dariush work a little bit. Dariush was having success down there, but Oliveira seemed completely in control. Didn't really seem all that in control in Abu Dhabi last year. Seemed like he was getting frustrated like you said a little bit. But Oliveira kind of knew right away that if this gets back to the feet, I'm going to I'm going to melt this guy. He had a great start, landed a big head kick early on and 
They tied up against the fence. Darius had double underhooks. Kind of a takedown, but also I think Oliveira just kind of accepted it and, and just pulled guard more than anything. And Darius had his moments, and Makachev would probably do better. But that aggressive side, not settling, that showed me something. The guy continues to get better. That wasn't just a, hey, I'm Charles Chaos Oliveira type of performance. That was a, even at this point in his career, an evolved version. That's a guy that's still getting better. I was super impressed from what I saw. And all the, let me just say this, because I've seen it since Saturday. This whole Benil Darius is overrated shit is just wrong. Come on now. Stop with that. Stop it with that. This was Charles Oliveira being great, Benil Darius being a really, really good fighter, and Oliveira just being better on that night. Had a great game plan, figured it out, didn't get flustered, and won. And that's the guy that needs to show up in Abu Dhabi if he wants to have a chance. Although I don't, I'm not going to pick him. (laughs) I'm not going to pick him, but I'm intrigued by it. I'm more intrigued by it than I thought it was going to be. After watching that performance against Dariush. But we'll see. We'll see if that's even the fight they're going to make. We're getting pretty close. Like, October's coming. This could be a very interesting second half of the year for the UFC with some of the fights they're putting together. We got Vulcan. July rules. July friggin' rules. Got the big boxing fight on the 29th. Same day as 291. That card's ridiculous. That's probably the best card on paper. We got International Fight Week. That's a really good card. Volk versus Yair rules. I'm very interesting, interested in the Moreno-Pantoja fight. Can Moreno turn it around and get a win over a guy that has two wins over him, two dominant wins over him? And then we get to August. Boston's coming together nice. We'll see what the Sydney card looks like by the time that's all put together. And then we go to Abu Dhabi. Then we go to MSG. And then we close out in, in December with maybe Chandler versus Connor. And we don't even know what's going on with like Jamal Hill yet. Leon and Colby are going to fight sometime before the end of the year. Like, I know 289 on paper was not great. And it ended up exceeding a lot of expectations, which is good. It's what you want. But I think the second half of the year is going to be magic, honestly. Yeah, we're going to have to deal with the occasional Apex card that is not the greatest, sure. We're going to deal with a couple of those in July. But I think the pay-per-view offerings the rest of the way are going to be really, really solid. So there's a lot to, to get excited about. Uh, Blumen. Blumen, are you there? Yes, I'm here. What's up? Good. I was wondering what's your opinion on the third quarter of the year, how it will play out. I don't know if you heard Tim Simpson on Ariel yesterday, but it seemed like um, Yeri versus Jamal is said to be a headliner. Of course, we have Jones versus Miocic, Connor versus, what's his name, Chandler, and all those fights probably 
getting pushed to either November, December, and sounding as if all of those fights ha- are going to be headliners. Also, Leon versus Colby. So, how do you think that would play out? So, let's see. October, we'll get Makachev Oliveira. Maybe we get Jamal Hill on that card. Maybe they do Jamal Hill, Yuri in October. If again, Yuri's such a wild card, we just don't know how bad that shoulder is. We can hear, listen to interviews and all that stuff. It's just a matter of can he get cleared. That fight is really interesting to me. I really want to see that fight. But we're running out of space. I kind of feel like it's going to be, kind of has to be in Abu Dhabi for it to to really happen. August would have been great. That being the main event, and then having Sterling O'Malley as the co-main event, damn. That's a great one-two punch right there. So October, Islam Oliveira, I, I would have a heart. I don't know. I kind of feel like Makachev has to be the main event for that card, even though there'd be another title fight. But who knows? Maybe they'll switch it up. I don't know. November... My prediction, John Jones, Stipe, Leon Colby. That's what I think. And then December, if they can't do Chandler Connor, then you could do Jamal Hill-Yuri in the main event. That's damn good main event. I don't know. That December card is kind of the wild card. It all depends on Connor. Because if Connor calls the UFC and says, I want to fight at MSG, they're gonna he's gonna fight at MSG. And they'll do Jones Steep A in December if they can get that fight together. And I would expect that Leon Colby will be the co-main event of whenever that fight actually happens. So Connor fights, they're not gonna do a title fight with it. Connor will be the main event. They'll just put a fun co-main event in there and and have at it. But yeah, Jamal Hill is kind of the he's kind of been the odd man out, just waiting for for Yuri to to come along. But we do have a big fight July 29th between Jan Bohovich and Alex Pereira. So if Yuri can't make it back, the winner of that can fight Jamal Hill. I want to see Jamal Hill fight again. After that performance against Glover Teixeira, I, have, I want to see what he can do now. I'm in. I'm in on the Jamal Hill game after that performance. There's a lot of people who feel like, yeah, he's not really the real champion because Yuri vacated. Let's answer those questions. No matter who he fights next, is going to be an interesting challenge for him. Whether it's Jan or Pereira or Yuri... It's going to be an interesting challenge for him. It's going to be a tough fight for him. And if he can look like that again against either of those guys, you got something with them. You got something with them. But this last half of the year is going to be fun. But where does Connor fit into this? Will he fit into it? Where does John Jones fit into it? Will he fit into it? These are all big questions that we do not have answers to right now. But hopefully we get those answers soon. All right, we are done. Thank you all very much. Great calls, great insight, much appreciated. Lots coming up today on 
the YouTube channel on the podcast network. We got BTL live 12.30 p.m. Eastern time. We get a rematch. Oh, look at you, DC bets. Wait until the last second. Because you know I'm just going to bring you in. What's up, man? Hey, Mike, you got me? Yes. Okay. Man, I wasn't even expecting to get in real quick. Um. Okay, so what am I going to ask? I'm, I'm trying to remember what my question was from... I was going to ask you on Tuesday. Um, okay, you probably already touched on it, but w- w- what are your thoughts on the on if uh, Connor doesn't end up fighting Chandler and does end up going for Charles Oliveira? Because um, I keep messing around with my friend, and, and but I think it is true that Connor, I mean uh, Charles, is turning into the into the Brazilian Conor McGregor. Um, you know, at least over there in Brazil, he's. You know, no one's close to Connor's status, but you know what I mean. Uh, he's getting there. Uh, so just your thoughts on that, if you haven't already touched on it. Thank you, my man. Have a heck of a morning. I mean, I would love to watch Charles Oliveira fight Conor McGregor. I just don't think it's going to happen now. You build this whole Ultimate Fighter season around him and Chandler. And the only reason people are really watching the Ultimate Fighter is to see these two guys fight at the end of it. So to do all that and to have them not fight each other and have Connor fight somebody else is just, I don't know, just weird. You're going to put these guys through all that. You're going to have people sit through another season of the same fucking show over and over again, the same format, everything, and then not have them fight each other. I don't know. I think, honestly... I'm never 100%, like I said, I'm never 100% confident in anything that has to do with Conor McGregor and him fighting in the UFC. But I feel like, I feel more confident than not that this fight's going to happen and that at some point in this season, they're actually going to announce the fight. I think that, I think they have a date already. That's, that, that's what I think. I think if you go into that war room I think they have the fight locked and loaded and ready to go. And I know people are concerned about USADA and, well, he's going to be back in the pool for six months. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. They could do an exemption. They've done it before. They could do it again. They can do it again. So I'm not all that concerned about it. Like, I don't think that's going to be the holdup. I think the holdups is going to be Connor's relationship with the UFC. Is he getting everything he wants? Is he going to play hardball? I'm not too concerned about the USADA thing. Doesn't seem like Dana White's all that concerned about it. Because anytime you ask him about it, he's just going to say, good, I'm glad I don't have to deal with that anymore. If you have questions, ask Jeff Nowitzki. But they can use an exemption. They could say, they did it with Brock Lesnar. And that dude was on all the gas. And they did it with him. They could do it here. So I do think this fight's going to happen. I think they have a date set. And I do think at some point during this season, maybe probably the last episode, after they square off the the finalists, and then they, they will square off Chandler and McGregor. Or, yeah, they'll square those two guys off. They'll probably announce the fight. But to go through all this and not have a fight at the end of it is just tough. That'd be tough. 
But I do, to your point, I do want to see Connor and Oliveira fight at some point. I think that'd be just a sick fight. But we'll see if he fights Chandler. We'll see if Connor even comes back down to 55. Maybe if he beats Michael Chandler at 170, he's fighting for the welterweight title. Like he's fighting for the belt. He's fighting either Leon or Colby. That's what's going to happen. There is no meritocracy when it comes to Conor McGregor. You go and win a fight. Conor says, I want the 170-pound belt. They're going to give it to him. They're going to give him the chance anyways. But I, 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 if I had $5 of supplemental income to put on whether this fight happens at the end of the year, I would bet the $5 a little reluctantly, but I would bet it on, yes, this, this fight does happen before the end of the year. They'll figure it out. They'll figure out a way to get it done. Okay, now we're done. BTL, 12.30 p.m. Eastern, Jed versus AK, Mr. No Gray Area versus the Prince of Positivity, 3 p.m. Eastern, YouTube channel, podcast network. You get to hear Jose Youngs and I wax poetically about Bellator 297, UFC Vegas 75, and PFL 5 for a little triple header preview show. And then it's uh, we got a fun weekend ahead of us, folks. A lot of mixed martial arts action. I really love this Bellator card. Let's see if Patricio Pitbull can make some history, huh? But thank you all very much. Have a wonderful rest of your day. And as always, have a heck of a morning. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Support for this podcast comes from Planned Parenthood. It's hard to imagine a world where we leave future generations with fewer rights and freedoms. Since the Supreme Court's decision to overturn Roe v. Wade, politicians in nearly every state have introduced bills aimed at blocking people from getting the essential sexual and reproductive care they need, including abortion. Planned Parenthood believes everyone deserves access to care. And with supporters like you, they can reclaim our rights and protect and expand access to abortion care. Visit PlannedParenthood.org slash future to learn more and support their cause.